you're listening to The Health Classes You Missed. My name is Monica and I am a secondary school health teacher with a passion for all things health. Whether you're currently at school or finished 20 years ago, this podcast will help you understand those topics that may have been skimmed over, considered inappropriate or flat out ignored. So sit up straight, faces forward, let's get into it. Welcome back to another Health Classes You Missed episode. I wanted to say how's your head because I've got a guest in with me. The last few weeks I have had continuous or consistent, consistently had guests on for the Health Classes You Missed episodes, but they have all been remote. So there's been no video there. I haven't been sitting here in the studio in person, but today we've got a special person. Woohoo! Round of Claps. applause. Round Snaps of for applause. Sharon. Snaps for Sharon. We've got producer Cam. Hello. Cameron from the Tony and Ryan podcast, That's which is me. pretty cool. And if you haven't heard of them, I don't know how you haven't. Yeah, where have um, you been? Where have you been? What are they? Biggest in... Give me some stats. Oh, we don't like to say it like, but yeah, uh, I don't know if Ryan likes to spit the stats. I mean, he gives them to us uh, thick and okay, fast every okay. day. But um, all I'll say is that, yeah, in They're terms of charts. in in Australia, the charts. Oh, we're up there. We're okay. up there. They're yeah, up there. for sure. We love that. We love that. So... We were in the office recently, Mm -hmm. right? So for those of you who probably don't know, which is potentially literally everyone, the studio that I'm in at Producey, also uh, Tony and Ryan work out of here as well. So we're hanging out together. Um, You know, you had to walk like 20 metres from your desk to come here today, which is very convenient. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we were talking about things in the office recently and just asking kind of questions about sex ed, but also encompassing gay sex ed, queer sex ed, um, and asking a few questions of you. Now, do you identify as queer or as gay? So I identify as queer. Uh, sorry, big. <laughs> what? That's so funny. It's like, it's under pressure. Myself. Under pressure. Under pressure. No, no. You're putting words in my mouth. No, I don't. Like that's so funny. How funny is that? Um, I don't. I'm, I'm a gay man. So I, yeah. so sexuality is gay. Uh, mm-hmm. Gender. I am. Yeah, cis man. Cis yeah. male. Yeah. Cool. 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 And so it got me thinking, right? Yeah. So before we even like had this conversation about coming on here obviously at school and I'm going to ask you a question about this too um but at schools as a sex ed teacher now like even for me we cover things that are related to the LGBTQIA plus community but I identify as straight right so it's almost feels I can only give really factual Mm -hmm. evidence which is fine and which is still very relevant and, and important but I think it is important to also hear from people who are within the community and I don't think you can always have that at schools and you know a lot of schools probably aren't teaching this to begin with which is also a problem mm. um, there are companies and stuff for those of you who may be listening that are in the education space uh, like Minus 18 they're an um, organisation that go out and have a lot of resources on their website they do like assembly talks or they can run through classes so there's things like that available and I thought, great, I know that you're gay, right? Like we've we've been in here for a while now. So yep. I thought, Cam, what are you up to on this Thursday? Let's have a chat, a little bit about you and just get some of that, you know, those stories, that mm-hmm. anecdotal stuff that maybe there are listeners who just don't know about a lot of this stuff, mm-hmm. but also maybe who are listening who might be questioning their sexuality or just need like that almost 
I want to say like big brother energy to be like, here's some tips and here's some stories and here is how maybe you dealt with it. And I think that's really powerful too. So thank you so much. No worries. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, thank you for trusting me with um, some of my gay experiences. And they're definitely not all encompassing. I'll give you that much. Uh, Yeah. And I think we need a disclaimer that in no way is any of this going to sound like real sound medical advice, but you know, (laughs) let's just go for it. And you know what? I think it's important to have both, right? Like I said, in, in the classroom and in, you know, certain environments online and blah, 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 there is that really good stuff, really good resources, all that factual information. I've covered a few things on the podcast already, but I really appreciate, you know, you coming on and having a chat about yourself because it can be daunting as well, you know, but it's important, I think, for other people to hear it. So to begin, I want to know about your coming out story. Yes. How did you go? with all of yeah. that. So I think the most important thing to note off straight away is that like I had a very privileged and a very loving and a very positive coming out story. Yeah. That's not the case for many, many of my fellow brothers and sisters and, and they them, so that's for sure. Yeah. So basically I came out at the age of 21, which can be seen as a bit later. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't – see, all throughout high school and school, I wasn't really kind of focused on who I liked. I was kind of just more focused on trying to stay cool. Okay, Because, I mean, yeah. a lot of the time it's like, oh, you should kind of be thinking about who you love when you're younger. And I was like, no, nah, I was just trying to stay, like, front of the pack in terms of, like, trends and trying yeah, to be funny, et cetera. Yeah, fitting in, in yeah. all that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't until about year 11 or 12 where I kind of really started thinking about it. I'm sure there were, like, some clues along the way. Mm. I think one day I just happened to turn around and realise that I was in love with one of my best friends. <gasps> no way. Yeah. Were you? Yeah, I was. Like, wow. I remember, like, I was just always thinking about him and, like, kind of always just like wondering what he was up to and like listening to his stories and stuff and like laughing along with him. And so then you I was were just, just like, this is more than friendship. One day I, was just, I must have just called myself being like, why am I staring at this dude? And I was like, <laughs> I, I, flipped, I, I switched, must have flicked and I just thought, fuck. How did he feel? Uh, I didn't tell him. You, does no. he still not know? No, he still doesn't know. Oh my God. No way. I'm not going to tell him. Why not? Uh, Are you still friends like, with him? Yes, I am still <gasps> friends with this person. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 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 but um, obviously, I mean, I've grown up and things have things have happened, yeah, and you like know, I've grown away from it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it was about like year eleven or twelve. I was like, okay, something's going on here. Oh, see, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I, I know, love that. that. You're like, hold on, hold on a minute. Why is this person on my mind 24-7? 24-7. Oh, okay. there must be a reason, yeah. And what did you feel at that time? Like, were you a little bit hesitant, or did you feel quite confident in just being able to? accept that i mean you said it, what you would have been you're 11 or 12 yeah. so a few years later it wasn't mm-hmm. until you actually came, came out, out. Yeah, yeah so um i don't think i was i don't know just for personal reasons um i kind of wasn't very comfortable just with coming out i think it just kind of mm-hmm. felt i think it felt like a, i kind of had a, a feeling around me that everybody knew type of thing and okay. so i was kind of like well if everybody apparently like in quotation marks knows then mm-hmm. why do i have to bother about it yeah so i just kind of let, let it kind of fall to the wayside and stuff and kind of focused on my studies like outside of school i didn't come out yeah like i said until i was 21 i didn't have like any action up until my first boyfriend, which was at the age of 21. Yeah. So in order to come out to my family, I kind of came out using my boyfriend. Okay. So, so it was like, here's yeah, an introduction yeah. to this person who's, you know, now my I boyfriend. Yeah, 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 yeah. My boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think it was, uh, so just before I came out to my parents, I think it was November 2014. So yeah. funny thing is I'm the youngest of six boys. Wow, are you? Yeah, I yeah. didn't know you had such a big family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, so I'm the youngest of six boys, right? Yeah. And so I remember I was with five I was with four of the older brothers at mm-hmm. like a music festival um yeah. in yeah, November twenty fourteen. It was like almost summertime. And we we're getting drunk. And I don't know, I think it was one of my older brothers just kinda 
hinted at the conversation or whatever, yeah. and then like I kind of broke down and then told them all. So it was like actually bit of kind liquid of courage behind bit of liquid you, courage maybe. Behind us. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I told them all, and they were like really fun. Like everyone cried or whatever. And then we called my oldest brother Aww. who lives in Sydney, and we had like a kind of like a chat on the phone there. And so that's how I came out to my brothers, and they were yeah. of course fine with it. There's no yeah. like worries about that at all. And yeah, then yeah, the, and then I remember bringing my then boyfriend home at um at yeah after I was 21. Brought him home for a swim, and I was just like, oh mom, you know this is my boyfriend. Like, and she was like, okay, nice to meet you. And then we went for a swim, and then I came back inside, and she was crying, and like obviously like, I needed a good way and I was like what yeah. are you crying for and she's like well what are you what are you, what do you think I'm crying and I was just, just like oh right me. yeah so that was it and like yeah. coming out to my friends and stuff was really easy everyone loved it like I said everyone knew yeah like when I talk about it in terms of this support system so like the funny thing is I don't know why I don't I haven't mentioned this already my oldest brother is also gay. Oh, yeah. okay. So, so you or, did you already know that? Yeah, so yeah, I've yeah. known that since about I was four years old that he was already gay. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we call each other like the bookends of the family. So the oldest <laughs> one's gay yes. and the youngest one's gay. Yes, I love that. So he had already yeah. been through like kind of like the motions of like, um, I guess, changing values in the family, et cetera, or yeah. whatever. Um, not paved to say, the way a little bit. the way. And not to yeah. say that my parents didn't already love it and weren't fully mm. accepting when he came out back in like the early 90s or whatever. Yeah, love um, that. So I, in, in terms of support system, I guess this answers a question in like, I guess because it almost felt like an obligation for me that I had to kind of come out. I was like, look, I was going to ask that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, if you guys already know and you've already had like a gay son already and like mum used to hint at like things like when I was younger, like they used to maybe put her onto the fact that I was gay, et cetera. Yeah. it, It didn't feel as if I was obliged almost. It almost felt like it was a chore. Yeah, and that kind of okay. felt a bit negative to me because yeah. like if you guys already know and there's already air of me being gay and like you're just waiting for me to come out like why do I have to come out and like yeah, why, why do I have, I have to, to supplicate myself to you yeah. come to you on my hands and knees and be like yes you were right congratulations I'm yeah. gay so I think that's why I just kind of let it drag out a bit mm. because I was like well bugger it yeah. I'm, not, I'm like yeah like, well but you don't have like you're not obligated yeah, to exactly. tell anyone you're yeah. not obligated to have this big sit down dinner where you sit there and you and if that's what you want to do yeah. amazing yeah the point is that it's your choice yeah. right it's only your choice. It's only our choice. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of, I guess it kind of felt like a, a or very close to like an open secret. So I was like, oh bugger, I'm not going to tell you because if everyone knows, then like, why do I have to let you know and stuff? Yeah. But, so but it then, wasn't. Did you feel like a relief once everyone kind of knew openly, or were you more because you felt like everyone already knew? You were kind of like, well, here it is. Off I go. think in the moment of telling people, it's quite fun and it's quite cute and it's quite yeah. emotional, and you have like, like you know, with my best you girlfriends cuddle. when I tell them and you cuddle, etc. Yeah. And like you have your little funny moments. I think so. In the moment, it felt like a, a big relief. Yeah. Nice. But moving forward into like exploring different relationships and stuff, and you know, having the, the gayness around the family, yeah, it just felt like an extension of what already was. Yeah. If okay. that makes sense. Yeah. So the, yeah, the little like peaks of the mountain. Like yes, I'm gay. Like I've ticked that one off. I ticked that one off. I ticked that next <laughs> yep. friend off. And they were all funny little like um, enjoyable moments in itself. Yeah. But then it just felt like it just got back to normal. Normal. Which yeah. Was which is important. Yeah. Like that's perfect. Yeah. You know, like that's such a lovely situation. And yeah. as you mentioned at the start, obviously that's not everyone's situation. And we are yeah. going to chat about that a little mm-hmm. bit later on. As I said at the start as well, we do have chats in the office sometimes. Yeah. And we were talking about the concept of virginity the yes. other day. Yep. And obviously there's a few issues in that in itself. Mm-hmm. I've covered that in another episode. Yep. Um, if anyone's interested, go yep. find that. Um, <laughs> but... We were talking about how people within the queer community or the gay community define having sex. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to me a little bit about mm-hmm. that? So I think this is where your listeners will, if I kind of give the idea of what I think sex is, they'll be yelling hippie at the, scre- at the speakers <laughs> or whatever. Like, yeah, but um, yeah. <laughs> sex to me is a lot more than physical. Okay, love um, that. Sex to me is all... This is, I'm, <laughs> I'm screaming hippie at myself in my own head. <laughs> yeah, you do, yeah. Um, sex to me is a lot about um, like the energies that you share with a person. Okay. It's about the time you spend together and like the experiences you have, etc. Obviously, there is a sexual element to it, but yep. I don't think of like purely penetrative 
yeah. masturbation, etc. I don't think of those purely as those aren't the only forms of sex. Yeah. It could be like if you're having a great time or whatever and you're in bed and just laying together and you're just like, you know, sharing energies and stuff. You don't mm. necessarily have to be, you know, in like involved in those actual physical moments or whatever of, yeah. of physical actions of sex. Mm. Then that's sexual to me. Yeah, it's like sex and yeah. intimacy, isn't it? Intimacy so is like it can be sexual. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes they're together and sometimes they're, yep. you know, you can still be in that space with someone without being physical, for absolutely, sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, so I really being, like that. Yeah, almost as if like, yeah, you don't have to be like actually doing the actions of sex or whatever, but if you're in like a... In like a cuddle puddle or like in something cuddle like that, and, you know I love that can that. be se- you, know, you know just like late at night one night that can be sexual to me. Yeah. I mean, if you spend like a big night together or a couple of days, whatever, you're out and partying and you're getting loose on the dance floor, like really intimate and yeah. like you know touchy feely, that yeah. can be sexual. Like yeah, that's sex a million to me. percent. Yeah. I think that's important too, right? Like sex yeah. is defined differently for everyone. Mm-hmm. Again, I've said this a bunch of times on the podcast too, but it is important to understand that and that whole concept of losing your virginity. I'm doing mm. little air bunnies air here, right? Yeah. Air quotations <laughs> because that looks different for every single person and like you said it doesn't necessarily have to be penetrative sex that we know as losing your virginity exactly historically i guess and that's that idea that oh you have to have done that to say you've had sex Sex. when that's not true it's not true it's how you define it doesn't matter what your sexuality is doesn't Mm -hmm. matter who you're doing what with Mm -hmm. it's up to you Mm -hmm. and i think yeah that's that's super important i really like that um that answer the energies (laughs) how you feel with someone energies and and yeah and the intimacy with a person yeah yeah, and taking notice of that too you know absolutely absolutely yeah so we talked about school quickly did Mm. you ever learn anything about you know LGBTQIA+. Short answer, no. no. Long answer, no. Great. So yeah, my cool. memory of uh, queer, on my memory of just sex um, education in health class, full stop, was just the fake penis in the banana yeah. where you practice putting a condom on. Mm. Um, and then yep. just kind of um, the human biology side of like the female reproductory system, et cetera, which was interesting. I really that's liked all it. And, and that's course. all very yeah, important. Yeah. yeah, very nice. But it was always just the standard black and white cut copy, yep. heteronormative kind of sex education which was good yeah. for, good for like good to know etc mm. but as like a kind of gay dude in terms of like sex ed for myself I just kind of when it came to it I guess I just had to rely on just my innate instincts and mm. I guess like I had my boyfriend who had had experiences before I had yeah because like I lost my virginity with my boyfriend so like okay. that was a, that was later on like at 21 yeah so in terms of like actual sex sex ed up until then it was pretty much just you like you were just kind of navigating I was just yourself. navigating it by myself yeah, yeah. and then took, kind of took me through it and then yeah. yeah so yeah no no queer no queerness in high school yeah, at all. Wow. Isn't that interesting to you? Mm. I mean, I'm not surprised, unfortunately. I mean, we talk about it in today's day and age. I mean, that's the whole reason I made this bloody podcast yeah, because exactly. we don't talk about a lot of those topics. It's sex ed in general, mm. but then sex ed for the queer community as well. So I guess, would you say communication with who you were with was super, super, super important for you at that time? Do you think that's what helped you or do you think there was more experiences that you had to have? Like, I think think so I didn't have like with only like prior to losing my virginity with my boyfriend I mean like I hadn't had that much action like before mm. like only a couple of dudes we'd hooked up and like we didn't go all the way etc yeah well actually when I think about it, like losing my virginity I guess you could have said because what I gave as an answer for the, yeah, for the maybe last you've done one a maybe, much I, maybe I did lose that. my virginity a couple of times before yes I, okay so I'll, no, your fair ideas enough. changed my ideas change. I'll correct I didn't lose my <laughs> penetrative virginity yeah. until I with my boyfriend at 21 yeah but yeah I guess in between then like there was, wasn't much communication when it came to like the hookup 
yeah. period before I had with other people before my boyfriend. Yeah. So I just kind of had to go with like kind of whatever they were doing, etc., and just kind of like emulate that and stuff and just kind of yeah. go with it and t- kind of see how I felt there. Yeah, so. Learn as you go sort of thing. Yeah. But, but like, then, yeah, yeah what I'm interested prepared, about, don't yeah, you, right? What I'm interested about, is there queer or gay kind of education like in the curriculum nowadays? So it is a part of the curriculum. Wow. Whether that means schools cover it is oh, a different question. Oh, up to them, of course. Well, it's not technically. Like realistically, mm-hmm. if it's in the curriculum, you should teach you it. You should teach it, yeah. Right. But we know there's many other factors that come into play there. Yes. Um, you know, in the sexual education that I ran in particular, I mean, we covered it, different kinds of contraception, of course, yeah. for people in the community. You know, we, we obviously touched on it in every topic when we could, mm-hmm. but then even in mine, there was like an opt-out for some kids. Right. And it's like a little bit like, oh, I don't know. And I, I get yeah. it for some people, but also I think it, I mean, I obviously think it's necessary and I feel like it just plays into like a little bit of the fear tactics around Absolutely. it all and the acceptance around it all and, and everything like that. So to answer your question, yes, it, it is a part of it. Whether or not it is done in the right way or whether or not it is covered at all is a different story, yeah. um, which I think is why those organisations, like I mentioned, Minus 18 is like, so awesome. So good. If yep. you need, even if you're not a teacher, like if you're not in the educational space, it doesn't matter. Mm. Go on to their website. I will link it in the show notes as well. There is so much there. So if, you know, you need resources, even if you've got like a kid or I don't know, you know, someone in your family or a friend or there's always so many places that you can learn outside of school, mm-hmm. like this bloody podcast. <laughs> send this to a friend. Perfect. Yeah, send this. Yeah, yeah, go on. <laughs> Jeez, I'm just really plugging myself every chance Why I get. Not? Why not? <laughs> All right. On the topic of sex, yes. I want your top tips for people within the gay community yes. who may be wanting to experience sex. Maybe they already are, but what mm-hmm. are your top tips? Uh, I reckon for the first time, mm-hmm. this is bandied around so much and I'm so glad it is because the keyword I'll say is take your time. Okay. Sorry, I just bang, banged on the desk <laughs> no, there. No, we get the, the importance yeah. of it. <laughs> take your time. And more in more ways than one. I mean that obviously physically, take mm-hmm. your time, mm-hmm. but also emotionally. Okay. Take your time in yep. terms of like getting to know the person, etc. Um, whether you feel comfortable with them, kind of. Oh, this is kind of what I went with. Like, as, if you feel comfortable with them as a human prior to having sex, etc. Yeah. Listen to your gut instinct because it's, the, like, it's there for a reason. If you're saying like maybe this isn't the right time to do it with this person, maybe listen to your gut. Yeah, that's if okay. You, if you spent some time with them and you feel comfortable around them, see how the situation goes. Take your mm-hmm. time, lay in your feels, and go with it, and kind of see if it's fun, etc. Yep. Always remember, this is like the one that I always try to 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 say. Always remember that you can say no at any time. Yes. This is one of the main kind of like um, sticking points for the gay community is because uh, for reasons unexplained here that I won't go into, you know, we've we've been kind of locked into this community of being a gay man means sex. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Being a gay man is to be promiscuous. Being a mm-hmm. gay man is to be a slut. It's only sex-based, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So unfortunately, because like that's been pushed onto us so much, a lot of us start to take that in and reconcile that, that as part of our yeah. personality. Yeah. So we may feel like we're being forced into doing things that we might not want to, we might not be comfortable to do yet. Mm-hmm. So always remember that you can always say no at any time. You've got no obligation to continue with anyone. Um, it's very nerve-wracking kind of like being with someone that intimate for the first time. I mean, even yeah. as a hetero person it is. Yeah, a million percent. Um, so, yeah, always making sure that that connection with that person is like is A+, plus, I reckon. Yeah, we always that, talk yeah. about like the communication being mm-hmm. a massive, massive, massive point in any situation, mm-hmm. right, especially in a sexual situation. And that is a really good point. You know, consent should be continuous and it should be enthusiastic, both of those things. Absolutely. And if it's neither of those things, then 
that's then don't that's worry not about right. It. Yep. It's not right. Um, and that's on both people, mm-hmm. isn't it? Right? Like you, we're not silly. You should be able to read another person as well and understand body language. Yes. And if that's not enthusiastic, we should know what that looks like. like. And if we don't, I've done podcasts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so come and listen once again. Um, <laughs> no. I've written down a little. Uh, that's really funny. <laughs> um, I've written down a little point that I think is also great as well, and it's something yeah. that I fall victim to as well. Okay. And it's something that young. Get, well, in my position, I'm speaking obviously to young gay men because yeah, that's my your experience. experience. Yeah. Uh, I've written it down here. Get this in your head from the very first time and don't forget it. Never say sorry as soon as you've finished having sex. Okay. I can't tell you the amount of times I've experienced it and said it also said it myself and had people say it to me after after the the session is finished. Yeah. And you, uh, for for reasons many, so a plethora of reasons, you might just go, oh, oh, like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that happened. Sorry, this happened. Sorry, that happened. And I think what it is, it's, it's based kind of in the idea of like, as a queer person, we're told to kind of minimise ourselves and kind mm. of tiptoe around our shame, et cetera, or whatever. So yeah. that kind of expresses itself in our physical sex. And like, so we yeah. feel like we're shameful of like for what we've been doing. We feel like we have to minimise ourselves. So we feel the guilt of like having sex and having fun. So we kind of apologise. So um, men might apologise, for instance, for like ejaculating too early. Yes. Yeah, That's yeah, a yeah. part of sex. Everyone's going yeah. to experience it. You're going to experience it yourself that's absolutely fine and that's not on purpose none of exactly none, none of this stuff is on purpose exactly um, <laughs> yep. yeah uh, people just get people who might say sorry for like making a stupid sound i'm like sounds are part of sex yeah. it's, it's a beautiful thing it's always going to happen it yeah. might get a bit like with gay men it gets a bit messy sometimes and that's fine you don't have to apologize for it just accept that that that's mm. a part of sex it's a part of life, don't yeah. be shamed or don't shame yourself for having a fun, beautiful experience. Yeah. And it just also like it kind of creates like a, a, a kind of like almost like a breakdown of the of the trust or the energy sometimes I feel mm. if you had a fun time and then automatically your partner says like, oh, sorry, or you feel like you have to say sorry to your partner. It just kind of brings us back into this idea of the queer shame that yeah. we kind of a lot of us feel. So don't say sorry as, for, as soon as you finish having sex. That's the one thing I'll okay. say. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good one. I like that. And I think that is important because if you maybe feel like you need to say sorry or you're a little bit uncomfortable mm-hmm. afterwards, like maybe that is that thing where you go, oh, maybe I wasn't not ready or I don't know. Like maybe there is that, maybe this person isn't the person I should be doing it with. Like realistically, you should be having sexual experiences from the very start Mm -hmm. with people that you are comfortable with and in situations where you are comfortable. And if anyone is ever uncomfortable at any given time, that might be an indication that you, I mean, it is, it's an indication that you maybe shouldn't be doing that, right? And that's having, you know, autonomy over yourself and being able to communicate that with people. Mm -hmm. That's super, super important. I really like that. Mm. It's a really good answer. Yep. Don't minimise yourselves and your sexual experiences. Yeah. Yes. We love that. Jeez. That's an episode title. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So recently on my Instagram, I put up a question box regarding this episode and someone asked, how do I know if I'm a top or a bottom? Yes. Can you explain what that is firstly for people who may not understand what that means and then also answer that question? (laughs) So a top is someone who would uh, be the inserter. If if we're talking about kind of like uh, penetrative sex between two men, Mm -hmm. a top is someone who would be inserting their penis and a bottom would be the person who is receiving the penis. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, receiving? Receiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So um, a lot of the time people can, so there are are so many different like kind of like ways to identify within the the gay community. Tops, yeah, people who, yeah, give or like insert mm-hmm. bottoms are the ones who receive there's also versatile okay. so that's you can basically fit, you can both. do yeah, for, yep. yeah, yeah and you enjoy the both of it mm-hmm. so this is the kind of thing that we're seeing nowadays is like gay sex is uh also can be quite uh can fall victim to the idea of a binary okay so and this is like pressured as well especially through dating apps like grinder etc mm. a lot of guys are looking for either a top or they're looking for a bottom etc and they're just like trying to impose a binary mm-hmm 
So a lot yeah. of people are like uh, something that's becoming more kind of uh, noticed in the community is, is a is a position, uh, position called side S I D E like siding. Siding. And so that okay. is where you are keen to do everything else, but you don't have penetrative sex. Okay. Yeah. And yes. so like yeah. So it's just like and so. It, there's the point of it's still sex. It's still even sex. If it's not exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it can be quite reductive to kind of impose like a, a, a like a, a binary like a, like we've been talking about on yeah. on inserting sex that the idea that being a gay man means you have to either top or bottom. Yeah. So becoming a side. Choose one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Choose one, etc. Kind of becomes like this kind of bad mess and like like I said we're all like uh, unfortunately like victim to to in, imposing shame on other gay men etc and mm. you know all that type of stuff so yeah so becoming a side extra is, is, is another way of kind of like breaking down the binaries and stuff and, okay and a good mm. way to describe it if that's how you know it's still um, something that you can identify with I guess yes, if absolutely. that's how you feel which yeah, I think absolutely. is important too is creating you know those new things that maybe pop up and yeah. are, are a little bit more absolutely. common of okay that actually is how I'm feeling and that's what I want and that you know, encompasses my views on sex and that's great. And now I can use that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is is such like a cloudy kind of area. Like it's kind of hard to wade through kind of like um, in your mind because you don't want to impose a binary Mm. because it's like, you know, sex isn't just penetrative, et cetera. Yeah. But then there is also power in being proud for kind of who you are or whatever because like a lot of like um, uh, like in the – kind of colloquially like a lot of bottoms get shamed because like oh you can't you, you'll never be out of top or whatever why is it because you can't stay hard or whatever etc oh, wow. and there's a lot okay, of yeah so there's, so like there's shame attached there's to a lot of shame things. attached to it yeah, yeah that's it's interesting like, is it? it's like you're putting down that person even though what? they're proud of yeah. claiming that they're a bottom or such there, there's power to be like to be taken yeah. in all these kind of um yeah but i feel like that almost comes back to like a heteronormative heteronormative idea yeah, of like yeah well women are always the ones who are being dominated yeah. and this and that like and that's not you know like that's another thing that, untrue yeah. misconception absolutely. that we have had to wade through as well absolutely and that, um, that's where that cliche comes from when you're with something with you yeah. you know um same-sex relationship and someone says who's the boy who's the girl yes no, yes there's it's no not girl it. no there's no girl <laughs> and yeah. actually anyone can be whatever the bloody hell they want exactly. it's not the point exactly yeah. exactly God, we really like to put people in boxes don't we absolutely we love it and i uh, know you've noticed a running theme in the queer community it's shame yeah, yeah. Well, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of queer people are shamed for for just being who they are which yeah we're bloody getting rid it's of that. Lame. I know, I know, I know. Bloody getting rid of it. Yeah. See you later. But um, yeah, but like in terms of like figuring out who they are as the top or bottom, honestly, I like personally I identify as versatile, so I mm-hmm. do it all. Yep. Um, the only way I found that out was by trying it out. Mm. So if you're comfortable enough to try try everything out, see what yeah, you feel like. See There's what no, you like. See what you like. See how you go. It's not like yeah. it's not as if it's like a uh, insert millennial. It's not <laughs> as if um it's not as if it's like a Harry Potter house and you get one and then that's it. Yeah. Of course you're allowed to change. You're allowed to like you know life goes on. You can change. You can you can be either you know pure top, pure bottom. You can yeah. be versatile. You can be verse top, verse bottom, which means like you like you know there are different prefer like, one, yeah prefer one or the then, other etc. Yeah, et yeah, yeah, yeah. But you we'll can do be both side. in the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, that's. That's that whole idea of we do really, or you're not, you're not set in stone to anything. Absolutely not. When it comes to sexuality, no, you can change your mind. Absolutely, literally whenever you want, and yep. no one can tell you that you're wrong for that. That's I think true. that is so important. You don't yep. just because you've said for ten years, oh no, I prefer to be a bottom, doesn't mean you can't turn around one day and go, you know what? Actually, I'm going to try being a top. Like, yep. Do what you want. Do what you want to do. It's Good. so fluid. Sex, sex is fluid. Like so it's, so, it's fluid. so great. Explore it. But yeah, I mean, top or bottom, it's fun. Try it all out. If you're gonna have penetrative sex for the first time, this is where I go back to the other question. Take your time, mm-hmm. and I mean that like physically. Take it very slowly. If you're the top, be respectful for the bottom because they're going through a lot right now <laughs> in the moment. Yeah. Um, if you're a bottom, that's fine. Like if you're a bottom, don't feel uncomfortable with kind of telling the top to take it slower. Mm-hmm. Communication. Take your time. Breathe. Breathe in and out. That's what I find as well. You just <laughs> yeah. have to breathe, and you can yeah. Um, for first kind of uh, for first inserters I would say 
so slowly. Like, you yeah. don't understand. Like, you have to take it so slowly. Yeah. A lot of lube as well. Perfect. That's, that's a, a lot good of tip lube. Too. Absolutely. Don't go in dry. Please. No, 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 no. A lot of lube. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yep. yeah, I love that because that's that whole idea. Like, we just said. Communication. Mm-hmm. Communication. You've mm-hmm. got, to, got to be able to talk about it. And if you can't, yep. if you're maybe in a situation where you feel like you can't say something, stop. Yep. Don't be in that situation until you're ready. Cause, Absolutely. Because you could hurt yourself too. Absolutely. Like that's, it's not, I think there is this thing of like, you know, when it comes to vaginas, when we're talking anatomically, mm-hmm. they are made to be able to fit things in them and contract and relax the muscle, the mm-hmm. anus isn't the same as that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a different thing going on there. Absolutely. You have to be, Whole different ballpark. And it's not like, I mean, anal sex is not exclusive to gay people either, right? Correct. Like there's a yep. <laughs> <Yep>. million people <laughs> in the world who anal sex, right? Yeah. So it's, yeah, I love that. Good tips. Great. All right. How can people mm-hmm. actively support their friends who are within the, the queer, gay, lesbian, LGBTQIA This is a, a very good question because I'm, I'm kind of coming at it from my experience of overwhelming kind of positivity. Yeah. So what I... What some might feel as is kind of like a friend's going beyond to support me is me has just been my normal experience. Yeah. So it's kind of hard for me to differentiate what my friends have been doing mm. because fortunately for myself, I haven't had the opposite where I have had unsupportive friends. Yeah, I love that for you. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like... um. I guess just talk to them and listen to them. Listen to their stories. Mm. Listen to them like raving on about other queer people. Listen to their feelings. I mean, this is just like a head, like any person supporting their friends. Listen to them. Ask some questions. Dive deeper. If you notice something's going a bit like something seems a bit skewed with them, mm. ask them how they're doing. Yeah. I think sex between gay guys can go through like um, peaks and valleys. Okay. It can be like on one hand for six months you might be meeting loads of people and it's really beautiful and it's really fulfilling and you might be making some great connections with people who you might you know start to grow a bit of love for etc. Mm. It might be really warm times and then a lot of other times through random times in your life you can find that gay sex becomes very transactional. Okay. Very, yeah. uh, like I said, like very, yeah, very. There's a, there's a tussle between like dominant and submissive, and that's where those kind of binaries come into play in a negative sense. Yeah. Um, you can find that people just kind of like relationships become stagnant. People only come and talk to you if they want to hook up with you, etc. Yeah. You have to go to these like apps like Grinder, etc., or like the clubs or whatever, just to find sex, just to find that connection. Mm. And then you can find that because it's not rewarding in like the the emotional sense, it became quite draining on become quite draining on your mental health. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because sometimes you feel like other queer people are the only support system you have, for then to have that interaction with those other queer people then to feel like you're treated like you're disposable, it yeah, really hurts. Hard. Because yeah. like, yeah, because like you, you you join the queer community for community and sense of loving and stuff, but when that becomes only sexually transactional, really hurts hard. mentally. It yeah. really hurts mentally. So just listen, make sure they're doing, ask them about their experiences as well, if they're comfortable to tell you how you're going. Mm. Yeah, and just kind of, yeah, just check in, always check in. Yeah. Don't be, this like, don't be, it's hard. And like I, as a gay men, so many people can be sex negative, including yourselves. Like, oh, yeah. I'm very sex negative sometimes when you're like you're making jokes about it, whatever. Mm. Try not to be sex negative as a hetero person. Okay. If that makes sense. Can you explain what that means? Um, kind of ragging on or making little jibe comments when you're talking about like having sex with the dude and then this happened and then like say like you've got like your girlfriends and they'll be like, oh my God, that's so gross. Yeah. Like, uh, yes, yep. that's funny in the moment, but a lot of the times, like, gay men internalise that and, yeah. and that goes into their subconscious. Yeah. And so when it comes from a – this is not me, like, um, uh, uh, straight bashing. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> no, but no, when, no, you, when, you, yeah, when you say, like, oh, I was, like, having – like, I was um, 
uh, having sex with this guy or like you might say like I was having sex with like two guys the other night and then your friend be like you're having like threesomes like what the fuck that's yeah. so gross like oh my god you're a slut yeah. like yes that's funny but <laughs> we're just trying to express ourselves and, and kind of involve ourselves in the queer community and when you yeah. come like that as a as a straight person it just it just arcs all the way back to growing up as a kid and being called fag etc yeah yeah yeah. yeah so Did you ever kinda... experience any of that when you were growing up? I have a couple of boys that I remember in high school. Okay. Even before I was kind of, like I said, trying to figure out what I was doing. Yeah, that's was really hard of, if you didn't even understand. Yeah, no, it was yeah. going on. They would kind of say, like, I remember one guy would, like, walk past one day and he, and he yelled, this is such a... <laughs> when I look at it, like, when I think back on it now, it's actually a fucking shit slag. But he goes, <laughs> um, he goes, um, oh, look over there. They're like, And he was, like, calling out. He's like, oh, look over there. There's a the guy that's walking around with flowers in his hair. And like I think that used to be like an old sixties, an old sixties or seventies way. Gay? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're gay walking around with flowers in your hair, and I was like, okay. And then I realised later he must have been calling me gay or whatever. And I was just like, well, shit, it didn't sledge, land. Mate. Yeah, it didn't land. <laughs> like, at all. You just confused yeah, me. Harder, mate. But yeah, so I had like a couple of guys, who obviously the more masculine kind of presenting, etc., who were a bit more kind of just a bit uh, more kind of alienating towards me, etc. Yeah. But yeah, but like in terms of like being called fag or whatever, um, I'm going to call this is funny because like it, it's fine because um, I love him. He's like, so the older brother above me, the one right above me, every, yeah. when we were younger, he always used to like call me fag, et cetera, and call me gay. And then as we kind of got into high school, he was actually like, he'd, he'd look at me like during fights or whatever, and he'd be like, you're gay. Like, like, just, like stop. Just, just Yeah, just say it. You're gay. Like, you're a faggot. And like, yeah. I'd be like, I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, fuck off. And then when on that day, <laughs> on that day that I came out to him at that music festival, I called like we were all happy and hugging and stuff, and and then we were like he was crying and everyone was crying. And I was like, what are you crying for? And he just goes, I had no clue. Oh, and I was like, what? You're like, and he was like, sorry, uh, do you not remember the actual, the, the, the actual like direct words, words you'd say you to me? me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be like, no, you're gay. Just admit it. And, I, and he was like, no, I never thought you were gay. Like that's just such a surprise, like such a pleasant surprise. And I was like, that's an absolute spin around. That's like a Mandela effect in real life. Yeah, oh real life. Oh my god, life. you're like, wait, am I being gaslit? Yeah, am I being gaslit? Yeah, yeah, gaslit. Crazy. Wow. So yeah, so that only, it only came from my brothers in kind of like um just the, yeah the jovial kind of picky sense yeah. that you got. But um yeah, only like yeah. one or two boys from high school. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting too with that language, right? Yeah. Because back back in my day, yeah. bloody hell. <laughs> um, but we were talking about this before actually mm. outside and that a lot of that language was so normalised oh, back yeah. then where you'd say gay as like something's gay mm-hmm. or you're gay and it was an, it was an insult, right? And we've moved past, hopefully, yeah. people have bloody moved past that. But it is, it's crazy how, like you, when I was 14, I would never have taken into consideration how that might feel for someone who actually is Gay. gay, absolutely. And who is maybe figuring out their sexuality and trying yep. to, you know, maybe battling with that on on how they're feeling, and then they hear everyone around them being like, "Oh, that's gay" in a really negative way. Um, gay to yeah. me, yeah. Hearing the word like "that's so gay" or "that's fucking gay" was just the main derogatory statement. Yeah. To to yeah to identify dis distaste like was like yeah. uh, throughout the high school everything was gay. Yeah. Oh, that looks so gay. That's gay. And like yeah. it never clicked to me later on until I was like, ah, that's not actually a great word to say. Like no. it's not great. I remember being in year nine, mm-hmm. and this was when Instagram and everything was popping off, and there was a lot more, I guess, voice from the queer community online, and mm-hmm. we were all a bit more um, open to it. I guess yeah. it was just that's what was happening with the internet, and I remember actively being like. I can't use gay anymore. Like mm. I need to switch to lame. And every time I said gay, I was like, oh, lame, yeah. not lame. And it's funny, right? Because there's that growth, right? Yeah. And we talk about that, like people on Facebook back in the day or like statuses yeah. and words and phrases that we use that were just not, uh, We would like you'd never do that now. Never do it anymore. And it's, I love that. I yeah. love that we've been able to grow and, and change and, and that's something that's that's moved forward. But yeah, yeah it is interesting. It was just, yeah, so normalised back then. It's so normalised. Yeah, crazy. I'm glad it's not anymore. 
Education's good, huh? Education's good, yes, doll. Is there any, like, when you first kind of came out Mm -hmm. actively and you were, you know, more open about it, Mm -hmm. when becoming a real part of the community in terms of actual going out to places Mm -hmm. and are there any places or organisations or anything like that that you would recommend for people? In In, like, a health sense? Yeah. So in like a term as a social sense, so the so the the social places for me to kind of hang out were like gay clubs, etc. Yeah. But then again, like I said, I would have friends to go with. Yeah. Who would support yeah. me? Yeah. I know a lot of um gay people, and they're now friends of mine who didn't always have that support system that would go to those clubs by themselves and still mm. find friends, etc., and make friends there. Yeah. That is like all power to them because mm. no way would I've ever been able to go out at twenty one by myself. I still yep. can't ask me to go to a club by myself. No, <laughs> no fucking way. way. No yep. fucking way. So the clubs were always kind of like um, the social places for me. Yeah. In terms of health, I've found it. I've I've found it very comforting over the past few years living in Melbourne because I'm mm. obviously like from Perth originally. So yeah, my experience with queer health in Melbourne has been second to none. Good. My experiences, especially at um, Melbourne Sexual Health Clinic, MSHC, okay. in Carlton, mm-hmm. top tier. Yep. They um, obviously help you in terms of sexual health, et cetera, STDs checks, all that type of stuff, yep. um, prep appointments, all that type of stuff, and just general wellbeing advice. Mm-hmm. They are amazing. I had a queer doctor in Richmond as well, who I'll give a shout out to, Dr. Tom Dixon. Okay. He is well known around the queer medical community, has his own podcast as well. Oh, awesome. Yeah, all um, right. I uh, went to him when I was feeling low down, et cetera, when I'd like mm. just broken up from my boyfriend here in Melbourne. He pointed to me to some like a nice psychologist, queer psychology. Yeah. Um, he just kind of sat with me. I remember I was, yeah, I mean, I just had a standard doctor's appointment but ended up sitting in with him for about 90 minutes in his office just chatting and shooting the yeah, shit and stuff wow. about mental queer health and stuff. Yeah. Queer mental health. Uh, so, yeah, I guess your yeah, medical per- practitioners and professionals as well are always there to help you and mm. to send you on the right way. Yeah. So when it so when I found myself not unsupported by my friends, but when I'd found myself lonely, yeah. was when I'd hit up those places. You could like turn such as to my GP, places. such yeah. as like the sexual health clinic when it was time to get tested, etc. Mm-hmm. That is where I found comfort and that is where I found like little um, tidbits of the queer community that I could kind of latch onto and, and find yeah. kind of sense of safety there. I think that's so important too because I, I'm sure there's people that don't know that. Right, that there isn't people and places that are there just for the queer community, which mm-hmm. we need, right? And yep. that that's great that those few, you know, people that you just referenced there, that's awesome. I know when I was doing a little bit of research for the sex ed unit, there was mm-hmm. like Queer Space, yes. Indigo Project or something, okay. minus 18 again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just understanding, I guess, where you can find resources, I think is super important. Um Thank you for oh, this thank episode. You. I think this has been bloody awesome. You don't want to go for another hour? That's yeah. great. Oh, yeah. Let's keep talking. Let's keep talking. Unfortunately, I think we're going to get kicked out soon yeah, by uh, someone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but thank you so much for coming on and sharing that. I think it's really cool to get people on here. Like I said, just for some of those anecdotal stories and just tips and tricks and just like you kind of having a chat about it. You know, I am very about the facts here at the health classes you miss, but I think this is equally as important sometimes. So if you are, I mean, it doesn't matter what your sexuality is, mm-hmm. talk to your friends, yep. talk to your friends about your experiences, make sure that you have that open dialogue with your mates because we learn from each other and whether or not that is, you're not going to take this podcast or the things from your friends as medical advice because it's yep. not. No. Obviously, if there's problems, you need to go seek medical help, yes. but it does really help you to learn things. Talk to the people around you. You know, if you don't feel like you've got the support, there there is always support available. And I will link all the places that we talked about today as well. So if you're interested, head to the show notes too. Absolutely. Um, Reach out yeah. to me as well. Oh, message Cam. He's on Instagram. What's your Instagram? Plug yourself. Um, oh, that's funny. Uh, it's like the Hot Wings Challenge. Like, <laughs> the plug at the end. Um, <laughs> what is it? What is it? Um, uh, 
uh, at Cam, so Cam Hutchie, C-A-M-H-U-T-C-H-Y. Done. I will Done. link Cam Hutchie. And just reach out. Yeah, just reach out. We'll shoot Send a shit. DM. Yeah, That's we'll shoot fun. A shit. I love fun. that. All right. Thanks, Cam. Bye. <laughs> Hey team, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It would be a huge help for me and the health classes you missed if you could like, follow or subscribe wherever you are listening. And of course, if you want to keep learning and stay up to date with me, make sure you come and follow me at the health classes you missed on Instagram or THCYM and How's Your Head on TikTok. I've actually got two TikTok accounts now, so make sure you follow both of those to get all of that content. Thanks guys. See you later.